Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. And listen to me. This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever show. Start listening to us or suffer the consequences. Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. The EY on the way in just a few moments. Frankie, what's happening, man? Frankie, happy hump day to you, bud. Lots to talk about. Getting a lot of news here. Teams opening up their practices for the week, so we're getting a lot of relevant injury information. But before we do that, how'd you sleep last night, buddy? Man, it felt so good to go to sleep and not be hungover when you woke up. <laughs> it was a fantastic feeling. I did wind up taking more Advil when I got home. Um, it was, uh, it was, I bought Tylenol for the office yesterday. I don't know. <laughs> that might have been the longest hangover I've ever had in my yeah. life. I mean, they only get worse the older you get. That's the problem. Yeah. I guess I haven't drank that much. Well, I haven't drank that much <laughs> being that old. And well, you've been old for a long time. Well, yesterday I was older than I've ever been before. And I hear that marriage ages you, Greg. Maybe it did, but <laughs> it was bad, man. I, I did not get right until I woke up this morning. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, likewise, man. Uh, it was a rough day yesterday trying to get through it. Uh, but again, lots of fun on Monday night for the holiday party. But now we are well rested and we are good to go here on a hump day. Greg. One thing I was able to do last night, Frank, was late, was I, I watched, uh, I was able to check out Raw. And my man, EY, like, that wasn't some two minutes. Like, you were legit on the show on Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, kind of uh, made a little bit of an appearance there. Me and uh, Andrade going one on one in my hometown. Uh, that changed during the day, so it was uh, it was fun. It was fun to be in there. It's it's always cool when I get a chance to to perform, and especially in in my hometown. So it was uh, yeah, it was man. it was it was a good experience. That was awesome. That was it was fun to watch, and I was like I was really into it. It was cool. So uh, that was really awesome uh, to see, and of course, be able to talk to you again here with a clear headed mind. Uh, is also fantastic to see. So let me get to some news and notes. We're going to do a whole hodgepodge of stuff today. We have uh, some strategy conversations we're going to get to, or some not strategy conversations, but more like overall league rule type of things. Yes. yes. We're going to get to that. Um, we're going to do those news and notes, like I said. We'll hit on what's going on in Carolina. But I want to start with my hometown team, Frankie. That's the New York Giants, where He's what, back, what's old is new again. Danny Dimes. 
hurts the ankle, which means the final time as a New York Giant, Eli Manning is back, baby. Let's go! Let's go, Eli Manning. Yeah, just in time for a divisional matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. An Eagles secondary that got destroyed last week against Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. But you know, over the past couple of weeks before that, they were actually playing really well. It'll be interesting to see you know, how this uh, affects everything from a betting perspective. I'm sure the line is going to change. The Eagles were already 8.5-point favorites in that game. I looked into the target shares from earlier on in the season, Greg, where Eli Manning did start for the first two games for the Giants, and that was without Golden Tate. We saw Evan Ingram in those two games, Greg, with a 24% target share. Benny Fowler with a 16% target share. Saquon Barkley, third on the team with a 14% target share. Sterling Shepard only played in week one. If I had to say, you know, how does this affect their offense, I would imagine more Checkdowns, more dump-offs for Saquon Barkley. I saw someone tweeting earlier today, we're back to uh, 14 receptions for 50 yards for Saquon, which if you're playing a PPR league, I'm sure that that is welcomed. Uh, But we also got a report earlier today that Evan Engram should be good to go. And I think based on the target share he had in those first two games with Eli Manning, Evan Engram will make for another really good play in Week 14. All righty, Evan Engram, if he's back... Well worth putting your lineup. Golden Tate should be back for the Giants. We'll see how Eli Manning manages to utilize these weapons. And EY, you pumped for the Eli Manning swan song? Uh, I think pumped would probably not be the right word <laughs> for it. Um, for me, the, what it just comes down to for the Giants is, is Saquon Barkley has been a massive disappointment. Uh, this is his second year. Um, lit the league on fire last year was pretty much the consensus number one pick this year. Uh, and I was reading a thing yesterday that David Johnson actually has more top 10 finishes this year than Saquon Barkley. David Johnson has barely played, uh, and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I know he was hurt there for a bit. Um, but he came back and was supposed to be back up to speed and he just hasn't been, uh, the, the, the running back that everyone thought he was getting. And I don't think Eli Manning is going to help. So there you have it. He's definitely not going to help him from a rushing perspective. That's exactly right, EY. And look, just in terms of getting them down the field to present scoring opportunities for Saquon, probably not going to help him there either. But we have seen that whenever Eli is still back there quarterbacking for the New York Giants, Greg, all he does is check down, check down, check down. Same thing with Joe Flacco when he was starting for the Broncos. So I think this helps the target share for Saquon Barkley. It'll help the receptions but ultimately does not help his rushing efficiency, does not help his ability to score touchdowns. All right, yeah, probably not. We saw the Giants with Eli Manning early in the Speaking of touchdowns, Saquon has not scored since week eight. Yeah, dude, it's bad. It's not good. Saquon Barkley, where does he go? Is he, where does he go next year in drafts? I saw someone tweeting this out yesterday. Actually, it might have been Davis Maddock. Shout out to Davis Maddock. Awesome podcast with Uh, Patrick Laird. So listen, if you're not listening (laughs) to the Sports Grid Podcast Network, you're making a mistake. Obviously, we're on it, clearly, because you can hear this show, and maybe that is where you listen to the show. But you listen to the Takecast, and I know a lot of people do. In fact, more people listen to the Takecast than anything else. The Dominator, the intern, Patrick Laird, baby. What'd yeah. he get? Patrick Laird was on the Takecast with Davis Maddock. Really good conversation between Davis, Patrick Laird, and Pete Overzet of Roto Grinders. And they've basically created a cult DFS following for Patrick Laird. So that's how they were able to get him on the podcast. Again, Laird only has like 1,800 Twitter followers. It's so up to 3,000 now. It's now up to 3,000. Yeah. I'm sure Davis has a little bit of something to do with that. But yeah, they talk about how he got the... Nicknamed the intern, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, they just talk about their love for Patrick Laird in general. Uh, they created a roto wear a roto wear shirt out of Patrick Laird now as well. So it's, 
it's fun times in the fantasy industry. That's awesome. We'll talk more <laughs> about Patrick Laird. A whole lot to do today on the program. Dalvin Cook update as well. So stick around. Whole lot more to come. It's your BFFs, EY, Frank, and Greg here on Sports Grid. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. I was just watching this uh, this Peloton ad from Thanksgiving weekend. I remember watching, seeing it on TV maybe during um, the games. You know, this is kind of weird. And evidently there's a huge sexist uproar about this. Did either of you guys see this? I did not. EY, what about you? Uh, no. Uh, there's an uproar, I feel like, every five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and, but every five minutes, of course, yeah. So basically, I mean, it's, this girl, it's this woman like with uh, doing all these like, selfie videos. Like, wow, all right. I'm a little nervous. My first Peloton class. So we're into it five days later. Oh my God, I love it. This is great. And the end of the commercial is she's watching the, um, is essentially watching the commercial on TV and she goes over to her boyfriend or her husband. I really needed this. Thank you. And it was just like, it's sexist because the man made, like the man got her this present of a Peloton and like made her do this. And I was like. People are really reaching, man. Come on. People are really reaching. just showing you like, all right, this guy got his wife a gift. Like that's awesome. Take a breath. Just, it's God Almighty. Who cares? What a world! I hope we're not considered sexist for 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 bringing for bringing this up and and uh, choosing to uh, feel the way that we do. We're not sexist. I just I I I would say that we are very far from sexist. I like to to think so. Yeah, it's an ad about a stupid bike. Like who cares? Yeah, that's all it is. But isn't that the way that everything is going nowadays, guys? Like, just in general. Yes. Look, like, there are things that are wrong, for sure. Like, there are things that get an uproar that deserve to. But it seems like everybody's just trying to find something to be angry about or to cause an uproar about or to, I don't know, just lash out against. It just seems like people are really, really reaching at this point. Yeah. That's why, you know, look, play fantasy. Have fun. Uh, I don't think we have much controversy here, do we, Greg? Play controversy. <laughs> I mean, you keep telling people to say Ryan Tannehill. Be, you know, I'll tell you again to start him this week. Let's see what happens inside my top ten quarterbacks. We'll see. Matt what- Ryan, great boy. That'll be Frank. That'll be Frank. <laughs> Ridiculous. Okay, let's go. Let's um, go, Titans. You mentioned during the break, like, do I know where Saquon Barkley's been the last since he's been back? Since he returned in week seven. Okay, so from week seven through thirteen, where do you think Saquon Barkley ranks at the running back position in fantasy points per game in a PPR format. Knowing that he, has, as you revealed to us before the break, he has not scored since week eight. He has not scored since week eight. And EY will give you a shot to, uh, to guess this as well. RB15. RB15 and fantasy points per game. EY, what would you say? I'm going to go uh, 18. RB11. Okay, so it wasn't far off. But doesn't it feel like he's been worse? Well, that's the thing. Like he's still an RB1 since he has returned in PPR leagues. He's catching passes. He's not scoring. He's not doing Saquon things, I right. guess is the way to put yeah. it. 
but he's still an RB1. Well, that's the thing, right? So, a guy like Saquon Barkley, you're underwhelmed by what he's given you. He's an RB1. For oh, sure. Low end RB1. You can say the same thing about Alvin Kamara. Well, sure. Another really Where good example. Where does he rank? Where does he rank in that start, the same time period? He was, know, but he was yeah. hurt during that time, too, though, do you remember? Yeah, no, but that's why this is fancy points per game. game. Okay. So. so, you look that up. But the other name that... I lied. He's RB6. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> but the other name that really came to mind was Odell Beckham. Right? Because, like, Odell Beckham's been underwhelming. People don't want him anymore. We talked about benching Odell Beckham, name him off the back of the jersey, the whole deal. But if you look at what he's on pace for, he's still on pace for like 80 catches, over 1,000 yards, a bunch of touchdowns. But it's not like the Odell Beckham that you expect when you draft him at the end of the first round. So if you want to look at fantasy points per game in the same time period for Odell, what do you got? I've already, I've already X'd that out, Greg. Are you kidding me? What were, you, what were you looking at while I was doing Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. From week 7 through 13. Yeah. Fantasy points per game, Odell yeah. Beckham. Uh, he's going to be far down the list here. Let's see. We you can't like control F Odell. Yeah, but uh, this website's weird, man. He's RB. He's wide receiver thirty-seven in Jesus. fantasy points, accumulative fantasy points during that time. What's well, not the question though? But once you sort it by fantasy points per game, it, yeah. it doesn't use the right numbers anymore. Oh, all right. It's tough. But I mean, still from weeks seven through thirteen. Odell Beckham is wide receiver 37 in PPR leagues. Cumulatively. Cumulatively or not. I mean, that's bad. Wide receiver 37. That's Come bad. on, Greg. What Absolutely. are we doing? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so Odell Beckham, Saquon Barkley, notwithstanding, like those are superstars. Julio Jones is a superstar. He would try to practice limited fashion. I expect he will play on Sunday. But before we move on to some of the other news and notes, I wanted to make sure we hit on something that you're very passionate, Frankie. Last night, the waiver wire ran for many of us, including the Pit League, where we are uh, trying to advance to the next round to play EY uh, for the third time, because you can't lose someone three times in a row, you'd think. We hope. <laughs> we hope. We hope. Okay. But, in our league, this wasn't an issue, but in some leagues, you got people in the consolation, bla- consolation bracket going out of the waiver wire and taking guys like our man Patrick Laird from us. You have an issue. All right, so I'm going to give you a nuanced answer here, Greg, because, you know, what else would you expect? I think if you play in a league where the consolation bracket counts for absolutely nothing, then people should not be able to make waiver wire pickups. Correct. They just shouldn't be able to. But if you play in a league where, I don't know, there's some kind of money that goes into the pot for a consolation bracket, or the consolation bracket means something for the next year. So I think in the Flex League, if you win the Constellation Bracket, you get to choose your draft pick for the next season. And that's how we play in my Home Keeper League, where in order to kind of mitigate people fire-sailing their whole team away at the trade deadline, to offer some kind of incentive for continuing to play out the rest of the season, because it is a Keeper League, if you win the Constellation Bracket, you get to choose your draft spot the next season. So we are playing for something. And in leagues where the Constellation Bracket counts for something, I have proposed to you, Greg, that, okay, the normal waiver run, whether you do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, the first waiver run in your league, the people who are playing in the playoff bracket have the first go at that waiver run. So if if you're in the Constellation Bracket, whether you're playing for something or not, you cannot make a waiver wire pickup in the first run. Now, when you have the second run, normally, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Friday, however you want to do it, that's where everybody can be involved. But I think that for the people that are still playing in the playoffs that actually matter, that are competing for the championship, they should get their shake at the waiver wire first and foremost without anybody in the consolation bracket affecting that. 
And that's how I feel about it. Now, if your league just has a consolation bracket that you're just playing out for fun and it doesn't have any involvement, then no, you shouldn't be able to make any waiver wire pickups. That's dumb. Like, you're already out of it. It doesn't mean anything. But if you play for money or if there's something at stake in your consolation bracket, you should have a, an opportunity to make waiver wire pickups later on in the week, not during the first waiver wire run. And that's how I feel about that. Uh, so I disagree. When it comes to, like, obviously, when there's nothing on the line, they're, their lineup should be locked, right? There's no sure, reason. Yeah. No trades, no waiver wire pickups. Nothing. No, you can't drop your players and, you know, finagle the league. But here's my issue. Yep. Okay? Constellation bracket should never mean something because they are losers. Do not get, re- do not get rewarded <laughs> for being a loser. Sure. So you have two waiver wire runs, or you, you want to have two waiver wire runs in your league, one for the uh, the playoff bracket, one for the constellation bracket. Well, no, I, I wouldn't be changing things because that's how my league is now. We have two waiver have runs throughout the week. Okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, and then overnight from Saturday into Sunday. Sunday is then open waivers all morning. Got it. So, yeah. all right. So, Tuesday is for the playoff teams? Yeah. Wednesday is for the non-playoff teams? No, the Tuesday, Wednesday, the first waiver run, whether you do it on Tuesday or Wednesday, right. is for just the people that are playing in the playoff competing for the championship. Got it. So, then the Saturday one... Is it's for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's my issue. What if, as we've seen plenty of times before, a guy gets hurt on practice tomorrow, right? Now, you don't necessarily get this guy on Saturday during the yeah. waiver run. Someone who it doesn't matter for, I don't give a crap about your draft stock next year. You're trying to win a championship this year. You're in mm-hmm. the playoffs. Somebody may get that player that benefits from that because of the day of the week. That's ridiculous. Okay, but there are a lot of things that happen in fantasy that are not necessarily fair, Greg. But why should that you... are out of our control? This is in our control. Yeah. This is it. You, I'm gonna say, if your constellation bracket means something. I mean, there are a lot of people that will pick up players in their constellation bracket just to screw over other teams, well, that, and that's ridiculous. But it should, your constellation bracket shouldn't mean something. These six teams lost. Yeah, I mean, why I, are they I disagree being with that. Why in, a, they... in a keeper league? In a keeper league? Why are they? Okay, we're, we're trying to find a way to keep people active throughout the course of the entire season. But it's screwing you over. It is it has potential to screw you over. It has potential. Over. It's not necessarily going to screw people over. The other answer is just locking the the waiver wire for the entire playoffs. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Eli, what do you think of this? If you're in a constellation bracket, should you continue to play? Yeah, I'm kind of on with what Frank is saying. Like, look, if you're a GM and the consolation bracket is for nothing, then there shouldn't be a consolation bracket, and those those teams should be locked from getting players. I made a mistake of of picking a guy up. Uh, I thought that I had made the playoffs and was confused, and the I have been in so many leagues. Uh, this is not the face of an organized person. Uh, so I I accidentally picked a guy up. I dropped him today, and then they'll run another waiver thing tomorrow to see who gets that player. Uh, for me, like, I mean, up until the point where the, the playoffs are on the line, be competitive, play all the way through. At this point, if you're out of the playoffs and the consolation bracket means nothing to you, it's just to play, then you shouldn't be picking up players. When we come back... Two to one, that means we win, Greg, and you lose. Yeah, when we come back, we'll describe if there should be waivers at all in the playoffs. Because I know a couple of leagues don't do that, so we'll talk about that. We'll get into some of the news and notes from today. We'll a big baseball note that is breaking. I'll tell you what it is next. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. 
This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Get in the game with the DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit of up to $500. Here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it. Pay a 50% bonus of up to $500. That's all. This offer is eligible to all users, plus new users get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. Sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Sports Grid Network, Pluto TV, Zumo TV, stirs. Well, get on the grid if you want the edge. All right, last thing on the waivers. We talked about two waiver runs, a non-waiver run, if you're smart for this, uh, um, for the non for the consolation bracket, because it's stupid. But should there be waivers at all? In the NFFC, the uh, expensive leagues that professionals play, our GST league, Waivers are non-existent after week 13. What your team is, is what it is. So all these handcuffs, a backup kicker, just in case, no streaming defenses, backup quarterback, just in case. You got to do that all before the season, the regular season ends. Do you like that model, Frank? I don't mind it. I don't know that I would say I like it because it does limit the player pool for you, and there are going to be players that emerge in weeks 14, 15, and 16. Like, somebody's going to get hurt, knock on wood. Hopefully, you know, no big names. But again, you know, we reference this a lot. CJ Anderson ended up winning people fantasy championships last year, Greg. So there are going to be players that emerge throughout the fantasy playoffs that need to be added. And, you know, for the teams that still have fab remaining, they should be able to access those players. So... I don't mind it. Is it my preferred way to play? Probably not, but I do play in leagues like that. I'm in an NFFC playoff right now where my team is locked. There's no more waiver wire moves, but the the way that the rosters are constructed there in the high stakes leagues is you have deeper bench spots. So you'll have eight to 10 bench spots, which allows you to grab a second defense, a second kicker in case your kicker gets hurt, or you know have more handcuffs available to you. So you know, if you're going to play like that, where you just lock the waivers after the regular season, you know, once you get to week 14, that's it. No waiver wire. You have to have deeper bench spots uh, that allow people to carry two kickers, to carry two tight ends, and you know, however many defenses you need, and and try and play the matchups that way. But personally, I do like to play in a fantasy playoff scenario where you have access to the waiver wire. Ewa, where are you on this? I mean, I th- as long as everyone agrees to that, then I, it's fine. I think that's strange, uh, a strange thing to do. I mean, uh, if you want to lock certain teams that aren't in the playoffs from picking up players, that that's a more preferred system for me. But, I mean, as long as everyone understands the rules before going in, it doesn't matter what the rules are, just as soon as long as it's very clear. I agree. I, I agree. As long as everyone understands the rules, they know where they are, and they're not a knucklehead that's in the consolation bracket picking up players... You're good. So what would you prefer, Greg? Would you prefer, of the all the scenarios that we have discussed, no waiver wire uh, once the fantasy playoffs start, or having a waiver wire just available per, for people playing in the winner's bracket, or kind of mixing and matching where you have one waiver run for the winners, and then everybody kind of jumps in together in the second waiver run? It, it sounds like you prefer just one waiver Correct. run for the winners. Correct. Yeah. Yep. 
exactly what I want. Yes. Right. I mentioned uh, breaking news. We have a lot of baseball, football news to get to. There is breaking baseball news. You probably can't wait to get EY's thoughts. You probably read about this that Cole Hamels uh, signed for eighteen million dollars in a one-year contract with the Atlanta Braves. Well, the NL East Keep isn't it. done. Zach Wheeler, one hundred million dollars plus. That's a lot of money, man. The Philadelphia Phillies over five years. Good pitcher. Really not a difference maker pitcher. Our boy Joe Girardi has a new weapon in the Phillies. Well, like, what is Zach Wheeler? Starting like, what, no, rotation. What number? In the rotation is a Zach Wheeler. He's a number three pitcher, right? I think if everything hits for him, his upside is he could be a number two pitcher on a staff. I, I think that that's true. $100 million for a number two. For a number three, maybe a number two. Yeah. Okay. Same. I think it's because he's still younger and you've seen flashes of him having the upside, but it does seem like a lot of money for me. When I saw the numbers being thrown around for him, even before he signed this contract, I thought to myself... I like Zach Wheeler. I was all in on Zach Wheeler last year. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. Um, but that's a lot of money. Five years for $100 million for Zach Wheeler. That is a decent bit, especially when you consider he was pitching in City Field, which was a neutral park, more of a neutral park recently. Sure. Uh, and now he's going over to a hitter's park in Philadelphia. I'm not sure that that's going to bode well for him. According to Roman Sandro, it's just under $120 million for Zach Wheeler. Wow. Well, we there goes the dream of him joining Houston and becoming a, an awesome fantasy asset, Greg. Very weird, man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, let me get to some football news. I know that's what UI is here for anyway. Marlon Mack returned to practice for the Indianapolis Colts. T.Y. Hilton, not so much. It was a mess last week with Indianapolis. Hopefully this week, EY, Marlon Mack, if he does return uh, from this broken hand and he plays, it's not nearly as much of a mess. Are you confident if Mack plays that you put him in your lineup? Yeah, if he plays, I mean, like they're they're battling. I mean that that whole uh, that whole division is, is battling for a spot. They're all kind of on equal playing, and and have a very similar record. So if Marlon Mack can go and can play, he's going to play and he's going to carry the ball because that's what they want to do. So I'm still in the process of working on my running back rankings for the week, Greg. But again. While Tampa Bay has shown cracks in the armor recently in their run defense, they're still a very, very good run defense. And I think that the Colts are going to have success throwing the ball to Jack Doyle and Zach Paschal. It doesn't look like T.Y. Hilton is going to play. It's still early in the week. Let's see what happens. But for me, I don't know that Marlon Mack would be the slam dunk RB2 starter that he has been all season. I still think that they might mix in Naheem Hines a little bit more. I don't know that they give Marlon Mack that full workload his first game back. And it's a tougher matchup. As of now, I think Marlon Mack, to me, would be more of an RB3, more of a flex play than the RB2 he has been most of the season uh, because he is returning from injury, and it is a tough matchup. Yeah, I, I'm i good with Marlon Mack putting in my lineup as, if he's out there. I expect a normal workload from him. I know what Jonathan Williams did. I know what Jordan Wilkins did. I think if he plays, he's not like this is a, a muscle injury, right? This is a hand that's going to be wrapped, and they're going to figure out a way that he's going to be successful. I don't think his snaps are limited if he plays. But it might affect his ability to catch passes. Not that he catches he a ton really of catch passes, passes anyway. Yeah. But opens up the likelihood for more of a fumble, you know, playing with a brace on your hand or whatever it might be. So there are a few factors to take into account, Greg. The question that I will have to answer on one of my playoff teams is, do I start David Montgomery on Thursday Night Football or do I use Marlon Mack playing on Sunday in a tougher matchup against Tampa Bay? As of now, I would lean David Montgomery. What about you? I'd probably lean David Montgomery as well. He's yeah. looked good in the last couple of weeks, scored the touchdown on Thanksgiving. I would lean David Montgomery. EY? Yeah, Montgomery for me. He's look. He looked really good. There you go. David he was more Montgomery. in the pass game last week too. Had that yes, receiving touchdown. Absolutely. So hopefully that continues. A play that was designed for him, which was cool. So David Montgomery being used. Not that hard, Matt Nagy. Just give uh, no. give one of your best players the ball. 
Don't let Mitchell wow, Trubisky weird. throw the ball 35 times a game. It's not that hard. Speaking of, run- concept. Speaking of running backs coming back, um, on Johnson returned to practice for the Lions. Now he's on IR, so he's not eligible to come off IR um, until week 16. But he returned to practice. I don't know that they activate him off IR if they're. I mean, they are completely out of it. So I don't. I, you know, I don't understand the reason for it. Carryon Johnson's out there, Frankie. You're picking him up. I am not picking up Carryon Johnson. A because when he is activated, if he is in Week 16, that's when he's eligible. He'll go up against the Denver Broncos, who have been very tough against the run. Plus, who's to say that he's going to see a full workload in his first game back after not playing for eight weeks? So uh, you have all these different things that to account for uh, the fact that he still might not be 100%. Is he going to see a full workload? Bo Scarborough has actually run pretty well for the Detroit Lions. They're already out of it. It's a tough matchup. Way too many things to take into account, Greg. I am not adding Carryon Johnson. All right, Carryon Johnson, not an ad for Frank. What about for Eric? I mean, if you could have had him, I mean, and you think you're going to make it through, I mean, he could be a, a starting running back. We know that Carryon Johnson is, is very talented. The fact that he's on the IR and that he returned to practice today means that he, by week 16, he could be 100%. So if you're getting 100% healthy, Carryon Johnson, I mean, what could it hurt? There's got to be room on your roster for someone like that. The problem is, EY, if you pick him up, you're almost going to feel like you have to play him, right? Because his name is Carryon Johnson, and he's really talented. Look, I love Carryon coming into the year. But in a tougher matchup against Denver Bron- and the Denver Broncos in Week 16, it's just I don't even want to present myself with that predicament almost. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Actually, I'm, I, I've am i held him in my R, IR spot this, this whole season uh, in the WWE League. Um, now, like I'm, I'm pretty loaded there. I got uh, Derek Henry and Saquon Barkley at running back. Sanders, Hyde, like I, I end up being able to pick up uh, Madison. So, I mean, I'm loaded. But I mean, for me, you can never have enough running backs. No one's going to force me to do anything, Frank. But <laughs> I like having Carry On Johnson there. I mean, like, there's got to be someone on your roster that you can uh, ex- just get rid of. If not, then then don't pick him up. But I mean, there's got to be somebody you're not going to start. Greg, you're the tiebreaker. Picking up Carryon Johnson? No. <laughs> I'm not picking up Carryon Johnson. And number one, I don't know if he's going to... Number one, I don't know if I'm going to be around in week 16. I hope so. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Number two... Got a plan for the future, boys. I, hope you're here. I understand you're planning for the future. I get that. But number two, I don't know what his workload is like in week 16. Right? Like, not that J.D. McKissick and Bo Scarborough, my man, I believe, don't worry. They're... And Ty Johnson, they're involved in the offense. And they're not nearly what Carryon Johnson is, but it's like Carryon Johnson coming back from this injury and, and getting his 20 carry or 20 touches a game. No way. No way. Yeah, personally, I don't even think he's activated. I mean, they're out of it, right? I, I think that they just rest him for the final games of the season and have him ready to go for next year. So, personally, uh, there are too many things playing against him, in my opinion. All right, so I, I agree. I am not picking up Carryon Johnson, EY. I'm, I'm so sorry. EY, by the way, uh, WWE League, NXT League, are you, are you in? Are you in the playoffs? What's going on? NXT League, uh, I fell short. My, my team is really good. I really liked it, but, but I fell short uh, there. But WWE League, uh, I finished in first in my division. I got a bye this week. Beautiful. So. Who, yeah. who ended up dominating in the NXT League? Uh, in the NXT, uh, Mike Rawls again, uh, did, did very, very well. Uh, we had him on the show the one time. Uh, I'm trying to see here who else is in. Dude, like, look, I told you, like, look, this is not a face of an organized person. <laughs> um, so 
remembering all my leagues this is the part of the year where it's just it's too hard for me to keep track because i'm so deadly into to hockey when we come back i'll tell you who else made it into the nxt league all right cool we'll hear all that breakdown from ey who's good at fantasy football in wwe and who sucks it'll be exciting look around more bffs after this Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. with you bffs i'm greg he's, he's frank eric's here too anyway you were giving us a breakdown of the wwe league i was yeah yeah i was looking uh at the playoff bracket so uh it, it, it was uh, a controversial finish to the league i'm not going to get into details but what? uh the commissioner um riddick moss got into a, a bit of a back and forth with uh one of the other guys and uh some shade was thrown. Uh, what happened? What happened? Fr- no, no, we're not going to get into that. You don't even have so, to tell us who uh, but, it was. Uh, I just want to know what happened. D- uh, well, there's a, there was a conspiracy theory. D.A. Brewer, uh, referee from NXT, okay. uh, filled in. He took over a team that was picked um, by the consensus. Everyone took a took a okay. round and, and and picked a player for this makeshift team, right. and then he took them over during week one. Okay. Uh, he finished eleven and two. Wow. So there's a theory. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean it's amazing. Of course, the team that was. I mean, basically, we just. Oh yeah, that's who someone would pick next with no care or or desire or want to make the team good. Okay. Uh, we just threw the team together. He finished eleven and two in dominant fashion. Awesome. Um, he's getting the buy. Uh, we got uh, Roderick Strong also getting a buy. Okay. Finished with uh, ten and three. Cool. Uh, very good record. Then we got Riddick Moss versus uh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yep. And in uh, the Stormwatch Blood Feud, we've got um, Dash, which we had on the show yes, last year. Yeah, Very yeah, good yeah. fantasy guy. Great dude. Uh, versus EC3. Okay. All right. So there it is. There it That's is. the yeah, playoff yeah, bracket. He, he pivoted real quickly. <laughs> real quickly. We're going to find out. We're not getting. I mean, you know how heated it can get. I'm, I'm sure you guys have been in leagues where people that are buddies, they end up in a. Uh, Oof, pretty heated argument over uh, something that doesn't mean anything. Um, I think cooler heads have prevailed. I think they've talked since and, and worked it out. Uh, may have been a few drinks involved in that one, sure. and uh, we're not going to get into the details. This is this is fantastic. Cheers I, to fantasy football. I, I will be texting you after the show. That's for sure. <laughs> um, wow, that's that's crazy. We've heard some. We've had some heated conversations in regards to fantasy football, and um, people getting really, really ticked off. So it's really interesting um, how. Even like professional athletes get that intense about it. that intense on it. Well, of course. I mean, you would say that they might even be more intense, right? Because look, professional athletes they might be uh, more competitive than the average human being. And once you start, once you You're put right. that much testosterone into uh, into a league, a fantasy football league, where obviously, look, everyone's trying to win, everyone's trying to compete. Uh, you know, that competitiveness comes out, man. And and sometimes that, that type of competitiveness can bring out the ugly side in human beings. You know, I've 
I've nearly ended friendships over like fantasy football and I left the fantasy basketball league a couple of years ago. I was the commissioner. I was like, look, someone else can take this over. I don't want anything to do with it. It's stuff gets crazy, man. All right. So I, I've since calmed down a little bit. Have you? <laughs> yeah. You're older. Like, you know, I, that- my older, wiser. I, I'm not going to say that I care less, but yeah, I care less. I, like, I, come, I come home from work. She was like, I think I like football more than you do at this point. I was just like, it's, just, it's work for me at some point. And she's just yeah. like, it's all super into it, like screaming. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. This is, this is our life. This is what we choose, which is fun. Of course. All right, let me get to some of the other big stories. So we did talk about it because it wasn't like super fantasy relevant, but I think it's worth mentioning, right? Ron Rivera fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers uh, yesterday after our show. Had a goodbye press conference this morning, which is crazy because it's like he won the press conference, people are saying. I've never heard somebody win the goodbye press conference, (laughs) Uh, but he did. And a lot of teams are going to look at Ron Rivera. He's been linked to the Giants already, given the Gettleman connection. Uh, And people seem to like Ron Rivera and... He's open to new ideas that he's, he's a gambler, the whole deal. Uh, he could be matched up with Cam Newton and go somewhere together. Maybe, I don't know where, maybe Washington. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but we'll see. Um, but with Ron Rivera out, Frank, and Perry Fuel in, Scott Nor, uh, Scott Norvell, Scott Turner taking over for his father, Norval Turner, what changes, if any, comes to the fantasy landscape in Carolina? Yeah, so we were talking about this downstairs, and I don't think that much is going to change for the Carolina Panthers. I mean, the identity of this team is very obvious at this point. It's feed Christian McCaffrey, and then guess what? You feed Christian McCaffrey even more. I actually looked into this while I was downstairs as well. Christian McCaffrey, as of now, in PPR scoring, is averaging the fifth most fantasy points per game in NFL history this season. And I don't think that that's going to change even with, uh, what is the gentleman's name? Scott Turner? Scott Turner, yeah. Scott Turner as the uh, offensive coordinator now calling plays. Very weird situation too because like your dad gets fired but then you replace your dad. He didn't get, fi- he didn't get fired. Relieved or? He like stepped aside. He stepped, he stepped down because. He was a special advisor. He didn't want to be there without Ron Vero. No, he wanted to give his son an opportunity. Oh, all right. Well, that's cool then. Uh, all for that. But ultimately, um, you know, he might, put some new concepts into play, you know, maybe some kind of like creative things, do a little bit things differently. But ultimately, you know what the pulse of this offense is. It's Christian McCaffrey. They're going to feed the two wide receivers. And someone who's getting talked up this week, Greg, if uh, Greg Olson cannot go, he did not practice today. He's dealing with a concussion. Uh, Ian Thomas is now back in the mix. And, you know, he played about 47% of the snaps. He was running routes for the Carolina Panthers uh, this past week. I believe he had... Four targets in that game. Yeah, four targets, four catches for 24 yards. So going up against the Atlanta Falcons, we can see some back and forth. If Greg Olson can't go and you need a tight end to stream, I think Ian Thomas is going to be back in that mix, Greg. We'll see if Ian Thomas, we've been looking for tight ends all season long. If uh, if Greg Olson is out, sure, why not Ian Thomas? Ian Thomas, there's only so many tight ends that you can start. Yeah, and, we, and this is someone that we've liked in the past. We, he has we've, talent, yeah. we've talked about him as you know a, a dynasty play. He has flashed at times when Greg Olson has not been in the lineup. Uh, how about you, EY? Any interest in uh, Ian Thomas here with the Panthers? Yeah, I mean, they like using the tight end there in the passing game, Greg Olson going out. and I mean, like last year, I can remember Ian Thomas uh, showing up late in the season. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not going to to win you a week, but look, no tight end really is. I mean, tight end is an absolute mess. This might be the worst year ever for tight end, which is saying something. Absolutely. It was a brutal year. I thought tight end. Position. Unless, of course, you own Mike Gusecki. Then it was a brutal first last, 12 last weeks year. for you. Uh, first 11 weeks, Craig. He scored in back-to-back games. Come Brutal on. first 11 weeks for you. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, speaking, let's of, get it straight. speaking of tight ends, I mentioned that Eli Manning's returning. We talked about the skill position players of the Giants for a moment. Evan Ingram could be back on Monday Night Football. Golden Tate also expects to be back for the New York Giants. 
Yesterday, we talked a lot about Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook and what we want. And I told you, Frank, anyway, like, I don't want Dalvin Cook to play. Like, I do not want him to play because I, this is going to be a disaster. Well, Greg, you can't always get what you want. Dalvin Cook seems very adamant that he is going to play. People keep asking about him, asking him about it, and it seems like he's almost getting frustrated to a point where he keeps reiterating, I am going to play this week. Look, you don't want to cause uh, turmoil within the organization, especially with a team like the Vikings that has played so well this year, but at some point, you have to protect a player from themselves, and we spoke about this a lot yesterday. I think that that would be in the best interest of the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin Cook for the longevity of the season for them going deep into the postseason, for the longevity of his career as well. I mean, they're talking about this as a pain tolerance thing, Greg, where he's not going to end up making the injury worse. I'm not sure that I buy that completely. So I'm reading a lot about it. I've yeah. read a lot about it. It's just clavicle. It's just, it's, it's sprained. So when you get hurt, when it's you get pain hit on it, hurt, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I don't know that I buy that you can't make it worse, though. So I think if you have a shoulder injury, like if you land the wrong way, of course you're going to make it worse. Like, there's no doubt about so it. So Andrew Kramer says Dalvin Cook's shoulder injury is a pain tolerance deal. There is not any risk of getting injury at worse. He'll play on Sunday. He just has to work on holding on to the ball when he's hitting the shoulder. All right. So Can I- you, I brought it up down the stairs, and Eric, I'm going to throw it to you. Dalvin Cook, I believe, will be limited in some fashion. He will not have his normal workload. Can you start Alexander Madison over Dalvin Cook this week? I don't think so. I mean, you may believe that. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. Uh, and I, but people are uh, owners of Delvin Cook are going to have to make a decision. Uh, I'm an owner of Delvin Cook in a dynasty league uh, where I absolutely dominated this year. He's uh, he's been one of the big reasons. And the reality is, is I mean, there's no one I can really put in there that's going to give me the upside of Delvin Cook. He may be limited. You may be right, uh, but we're not going to know. He seems adamant he's going to play, and I mean, he's arguably one of the best running backs in the league this year uh, and maybe going forward, he's going to want to play. Um, so so we'll see what's going to happen. The problem with this, Greg, is what happens when the Lions go up 21-zip against, oh, when the Vikings go up 21-zip against the Detroit Lions and David Blow. You know, I don't want to downplay David Blow. He actually looked pretty good on Thanksgiving, but the Minnesota Vikings are 13-point favorites in that game for a reason, Greg. So, you know, they go up two scores or whatever it might be. I mean, why are they trotting Dalvin Cook out there we for the rest it. of the game? We saw it against Seattle. They were down. They were in this case, they were down. But in the other way, if our but it other could go version, the other way. You go up, and he doesn't play. I don't see how you can't not use Dalvin Cook, though. I mean, look, you're okay. Let me ask a different I'll question. You're gonna have to have some uh, some real cojones to uh, to to pull that one off, Greg. But Let I think me- ultimately, if you own both of these guys, I mean, maybe you flirt with the possibility of playing both. So that was my next putting question. Putting Madison in as your flex. Can you play both of them? Again, I haven't finished my my rankings yet, but I think instead of Dalvin Cook being the top five running back that he normally is, he probably will come in more as a low-end RB1, high-end RB2, because I think that there's a chance that he is limited in some capacity, and that will push Alexander Madison up into RB3 flex territory for me. So if he is better than your other flex options, then the answer will be yes. They, so they are I, both in my So lineup. I bring up the names that we've been talking about off yep. the waiver wire this week. Patrick Laird, Zach Paschal, Anthony Miller, Peyton Barber, Bo Scarborough, like those types of guys. Where's I would use Madison over Bo Scarborough for sure. Okay. I don't like the spot for Bo Scarborough. Being 13-point dogs in a tough matchup against the Vikings. So he he's one that's already out. I would use Madison over Patrick Laird. Uh, have to wait and see with the Chiefs, but if it's just Darwin Thompson and... 
LaShawn McCoy, then I'm probably going to use Darwin Thompson over Alexander Madison myself. But, you know, once we get into those wide receivers, like I think I would use Madison over Anthony Miller and I would use Madison over Pascal. Uh, but it is a conversation worth happen, uh, having. EY, what about you when it comes to Alexander Madison? I mean, how high is too high for for him? Is he an RB2 in this game, even if Dalvin Cook is active? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I feel... <laughs> It, how I'm I'm doing it, and maybe because uh, it's wishful thinking on my part, but I think if Delvin Cook wants to play and he's clear to play, he's going to to have very similar kind of workload. Um, I think if they do get up, they may say, "Hey, look, like you know, we got a lead. Let's let's just let Madison carry the ball. Uh, you know, work the clock and and keep you fresh going forward." That that is a reality. That is a thing. But I don't think any of us can predict what's going to happen. Uh, the Lions uh, could could make this game interesting. I mean, we don't know. Scarborough has, has been decent. Uh, Galladay had a big week last week. So we're, we're going to find out. We're going to see. Me, myself, I'm going to start Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think if you have him, you should start him. Um, if you're in a position where you got to start both of these guys in a playoff game, mm, I wish you luck because <laughs> I don't think you're going to be in the playoffs very long. I don't know what to do. I really don't. I, ha- I have Laird. I have Barber. Greg, I don't know if this helps or hurts your decision, Madison, yeah. but last time Dalvin Cook faced the Lions this season, 25 carries, 142 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. that's <laughs> Good luck, buddy. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, I don't have Dalvin Cook anywhere, so I don't if, have to make this decision. If you're an Alexander Madison owner separately than Dalvin Cook, if you don't own Cook, you just own Madison, are you more apt to start him? I As you have. Yeah, it's the same kind of situation. Look, he's going to be in the flex discussion. It, it depends who else you have. I just kind of broke down, you know, how I feel about Madison versus some of these other waiver wire targets that we've uh, we, we've been talking about all week long. But I think it probably makes me more apt to play him if I don't own Dalvin Cook, just because whenever you start two running backs on the same team, you're going to feel kind of weird about yeah, it, right? You're upset. Yeah, because you know, look, what are the chances that both of these guys, you know, unless of course it's Rashad Penny and Chris Carson, what are the chances of both of these guys having 15 plus touches in a game? True, not very high. You know, it's funny because in my league... I someone's going to hit and, and someone's going to let you down. In my league that I have Dalvin Cook in, my opponent is starting Kirk Cousins against me. This is all <laughs> this Vikings game. Yeah, that is... Uh, that's just a game flow galore for you, Greg. You're hoping that Dalvin Cook scores early, maybe once or twice. Then uh, then it's the Alexander Madison show from there on out. I don't know what Last time Kirk Cousins faced him, he threw for like 400 yards and three touchdowns. Fantasy football, baby. Let's go. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We hope. we hope. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. So what did I miss? What did I miss? Here's what you missed on the BFFs. I want to start with my hometown team, Frankie. That's the New York Giants where... He's what, back, baby. What's old is new again. Danny Dimes hurts the ankle, which means the final time is a New York Giant... Eli Manning is back, baby. Let's go!
Let's go, Eli Manning. Yeah, just in time for a divisional matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. An Eagles secondary that got destroyed last week against Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. But, you know, over the past couple of weeks before that, they were actually playing really well. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how this affects everything from a betting perspective. I'm sure the line is going to change. The Eagles were already eight and a half point favorites in that game. I looked into the target shares from earlier on in the season, Greg, where Eli Manning did start for the first two games for the Giants, and that was without Golden Tate. We saw Evan Ingram in those two games, Greg, with a 24% target share. Benny Fowler with a 16% target share. Saquon Barkley, third on the team with a 14% target share. Sterling Shepard only played in week one. If I had to say, you know, how does this affect their offense, I would imagine more Checkdowns, more dump-offs for Saquon Barkley. I saw someone tweeting earlier today, we're back to uh, 14 receptions for 50 yards for Saquon, which if you're playing a PPR league, I'm sure that that is welcomed. Uh, But we also got a report earlier today that Evan Engram should be good to go. And I think based on the target share he had in those first two games with Eli Manning, Evan Engram will make for another really good play in Week 14. All righty, Evan Engram, if he's back... Well worth putting your line of Golden Tate should be back for the Giants. We'll see how Eli Manning manages to utilize these weapons. And EY, you pumped for the Eli Manning swan song? I think pumped would probably not be the right word <laughs> for it. Um, for me, the, what it just comes down to for the Giants is, is Saquon Barkley has been a massive disappointment. Uh, this is his second year. Um, lit the league on fire last year was pretty much the consensus number one pick this year. Uh, and I was reading a thing yesterday that David Johnson actually has more top 10 finishes this year than Saquon Barkley. David Johnson has barely played, uh, and Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I know he was hurt there for a bit. Um, but he came back and was supposed to be back up to speed and he just hasn't been, uh, the, the, the running back that everyone thought he was getting. And I don't think Eli Manning is going to help. So there you have it. He's definitely not going to help him from a rushing perspective. That's exactly right, EY. And look, just in terms of getting them down the field to present scoring opportunities for Saquon, probably not going to help him there either. But we have seen that whenever Eli is still back there quarterbacking for the New York Giants, Greg, all he does is check down, check down, check down. Same thing with Joe Flacco when he was starting for the Broncos. So I think this helps the target share for Saquon Barkley. It'll help the receptions, but ultimately does not help his rushing efficiency, does not help his ability to score touchdowns.